The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by High Echelon. You can find them at highechelonCPA.com. High Echelon PC is a nationwide CPA firm in Atlanta focused on a great client experience. High Echelon provides top quality work with total transparency, so clients always know exactly what they're getting. They believe accounting doesn't need to be complicated and that clients should always get the experience they deserve, which includes top-notch accounting, tax and payroll services, timely communication, complete data flow, and the best automation and security. Book a call or drop them a line at their website, highechelloncpa.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Elemental Altitude Training Center. You can find them at elementalaltitude.com. Elemental Altitude is Atlanta's best and only altitude training facility. At Elemental Altitude's state-of-the-art indoor training center, they are capable of simulating elevation up to 24,000 feet. Training in the thinner air and lack of oxygen prompts an increase in red blood cells, meaning that more oxygen can be delivered to your working muscles on race day. Athletes undertaking all sorts of goals from rugged mountain climbs to flat sea level marathons to Ironman triathlons train in the hypoxic environment created at Elemental Altitude. I trained there several times myself ahead of my successful race at the London Marathon in 2022. In addition, Elemental Altitude hosts a variety of physiological testing such as sweat testing, blood lactate testing, VO2 max testing, and a variety of metabolic testing which can tell you your resting metabolic rate and the types and amounts of fuel you're burning at different training and racing intensities. Drop them a line at info at elementalaltitude.com if you have questions or you want to set up an appointment. Again, their website is elementalaltitude.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel is an agency of experienced travel advisors who help you design the perfect trip. Blue Pineapple Travel advisors are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. They love to help people plan their travel, whether it's for a race, a family trip, a weekend getaway, or the trip of a lifetime. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group inside the U.S. or abroad, Blue Pineapple Travel can plan exactly the trip that you want. Find them online at bluepineappletravel.com and see some of the great places that folks who have worked with Blue Pineapple Travel go on their Instagram, at bluepineappletravel. Finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance's mission is to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and to find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors who help us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITO Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, High Echelon PC, and Elemental Altitude Training Center. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a mom to three girls and a CPA. 
and we have for you the race report podcast that you have all been waiting for. We know that what Evans Chabet and Helen O'Beary did at Boston was fantastic. We know that everybody was blown away by Safan Hassan's debut marathon in London and the second fastest marathon ever run by Kelvin Kiptum. But what everybody wants to hear is how the Ragnar Ultra Relay went for Michelle and me and for Allison Merster and Justin Dugan, who are with us on the podcast today. Welcome, y'all. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We are excited to uh, go back over this fun, fun, fun experience that we all had together here. Um, so I guess that's probably the best way to start. How did we even get to this? Justin, was this your idea? Uh, I think it may have been my idea. And I'm sorry if if that's <laughs> what I'm going to be stuck with. Uh, I'll apologize for that now. But I think I suggested it and everybody kind of raised an eyebrow and thought it was a good idea. So um yeah, I guess I'll claim that it was my idea. Well, I, I I don't I think it actually went well. And so and and I definitely think that as soon as you said it, I was like, I'm in, I'll do it. So I don't <laughs> think there was any hesitation on my part at all. Um uh nice. I, I, Allison, I dare say that you were the last person to come on board. Was there any hesitation on your part? Yeah, I'm trying to think how I was a part of the equation, but That's I was happy. my doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was extremely hesitant. And in order to like round out, you know, my level of fitness, which is not bad, but it's also not like a George Darden, I needed like another person who would want to hang out with us, but also who I could count on to run much faster than I can run. Um, so that was my like, I basically was dead set on Allison. It would have been a problem if Allison had said no. <laughs> so, sorry, Allison. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I delivered. No pressure. I just didn't want to let the team down. Yeah, good thing we're telling you this is how it how it happened afterwards, right? <laughs> um, but Justin, you've done you've done this before, right? Yes, I did the Ragnar mixed ultra relay in uh, 2019 uh, with some friends and had uh, kind of like how you said it before, fun in quotes. Uh, you know, experience there. So, you know, hearing you guys talking about all the trail running uh, and the races that you've been doing together, I was like, all right, well, how can I incorporate myself into hanging out with George and Michelle and, you know, do a trail race together? So, and, you know, like Michelle said, Allison, you know, was her idea. I remember the text. It was, oh yeah, we're going to need a really fast girl. So that way we have two <laughs> girls, two guys. Don't worry, I know the person. And uh, <laughs> I, I was, was on board, so that's pretty awesome. Very you mean cool. she wasn't available? They decided to go with me. <laughs> <laughs> Not true at all. Not true at all. Um, we do appreciate the modesty, though, Allison. Um, and then Michelle, this was your first time ever doing anything like this, though, right? Yeah, I've never done any relay of any sort. Like, not even really a road marathon relay. Um, mm -hmm. So I was kind of excited about the idea of whether the 50K in January went well um, to have something like fun and new to look forward to, at least to kind of get me through the end of winter into um, the early part of spring in terms of training and having a goal that I thought would kind of set me up well for the rest of the year. So uh -huh. yeah, it was fun. It was, right yeah, happy yeah. I jumped on board. But I was uh, 
much more hesitant than you, George. <laughs> I, was, I was not like all well, so, in right away. So, I, so I've so i done the Ragnar Trail Atlanta Relay three times, um, but I've only ever done it on an open team, on a full eight-person team. Um, and, and the three times I did it in 2019, 2021, and 2022, we had won all three of those times. And, and the captain of the team, the person who kind of brought us all together, um, he always had this goal that we would go under 16 hours. And we did that last year. Um, and so in some ways it kind of felt like, you know, I didn't know if I was going to do it again this year in 2023. And then that's when, when Justin kind of swooped in with, Hey, why don't we do it again? But this time you'll do it on an ultra team. Um, and that, that to me seemed like kind of a cool progression, you know? Um, and then of course, to get to do it on a mixed team with, with Allison and Michelle, I, I, I was excited about that opportunity as well. Allison, you are the most experienced ultra and trail runner amongst us, really. What was this like for you? I mean, if anything, like you were actually a little hesitant to engage with Ragnar because it's like, you know, the Walmart of trail. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would describe it as that. I would say it's more like the rock and roll. Um, and I, I had no expectation. I had never done a relay before and it seemed like you all were more familiar, but I just tried not to put too much pressure on myself and just have fun with it. But yeah, I was just like, you break it up into different sections, like how hard can four miles be? How hard can five? And also just pacing it over the distance. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it was like doing the David Goggins challenge where you're doing four miles every four hours and knowing you won't get sleep mm -hmm. and doing several long distance ultras or crewing people where you're not getting any sleep, knowing how to deal with those factors I think is the biggest thing it's not the running it's the sleep deprivation running at night and just taking care of yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Michelle I gotta say going into it the thing I was most concerned about and we've made jokes about this on the podcast before the thing that I was most concerned about for you was missing sleep yeah and I rocked that <laughs> shit well I mean and, that, and that's actually what I was going to say I was super impressed by the fact that you actually held it together considering how when we were podcasting at 8 30 p.m and you like <laughs> fall apart it, I, I I gave a handoff to you at 105 a.m and, yeah, and you, were late. you were good to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah I um you know, I think um, we can talk about this a little bit more as we get like further into, but we had to decide whether we wanted to just keep running back to back, like every, mm -hmm. you know, fourth loop, it was your turn or there would be doubles. And I thought going in, if we did doubles, we'd have these longer stretches to sleep. Um, but I think your take was, you know, the more tired you are, the better, you know, less rest, more activity. Um, and I actually think for me, it would have been pretty disastrous if I had had like a four to five hour gap in between running um, because something about just having to be ready to go again, like every 130 minutes after I finished mm -hmm. it, it worked for me well. Um, mm -hmm. Now I will say that we're podcasting on Friday afternoon. Um, so I have like Sunday night, basically for the last five nights, I've slept like eight to 10 hours and really do feel like it's taken me <laughs> five days to recover. Um, but at least for that, you know, those nights um i was i was good so mm -hmm. yeah the i do remember not the 105 a.m but when you hand it off at like 4 48 thinking 
well, I know what it feels like to run at this time of day. Um, and I was so, and I was happy, but I'm typically waking up from several hours of sleep. I'm not, you know, like I had run <laughs> all through the night and no sleep, but it worked out. So yeah. I, I, I When I handed off to you at like nine 30, whatever the handoff was prior to, uh, to, to that 1am one, when I handed off to you at like nine 30, you actually took the baton for me, the slap bracelet for me. Um, no, the number from me, because we were passing the number on a triathlon belt and said, it's bedtime, George, like literally as oh, you're yeah, going out that. to run. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember saying that. And, and, um, and yeah, I, was... I mean, I had to get over that. Yeah. Um, and you did. That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, yeah. Would you say, and I'm going to ask uh, Allison and Justin the same question. Would you say, Michelle, that was your biggest challenge was was dealing with the not sleeping part? You um, took it I would say... In the race, that was the biggest challenge going in, like my, what I thought was going to be the biggest challenge was I don't have much experience running on trails that I don't know well at night. I, I have like many times strapped on a light, gone out at Kennesaw, you know, an hour or two before sunrise. That is not, <laughs> this is a totally different ball game. Like this is, you know, much more technical than Kennesaw. And also I had never, you know, I'm kind of running into the unknown um, especially on my first loop at night. So I think, um, yeah, there was, I thought what would be the biggest challenge going in and then definitely just being awake all night was the biggest challenge during the race. So mm -hmm. very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. And we should probably go ahead and say, and then Jess, I'm going to ask you what you thought the biggest challenge was. We should probably go ahead and say that, that the way that it works is that there are three different loops that they have all starting and finishing at one common spot. There's a green loop, a yellow loop and a red loop. The green is the shortest, the yellow is the middle, the red is the longest. I submit that the yellow is the most technical, um, but the red has the most up and down. So, um, uh, and so, and so they're, sideways. They're, yeah, and sideways, <laughs> literally. Um, and so, so they're, they're, they're all kind of difficult in their own ways. Um, the green is the shortest, the yellow is the, the mid-length, and, and the red is the longest. Um, uh, basically about four and a half miles, five and a half miles, and about six miles. Um, and we all had to run each one of those loops twice. And so I ran the green loop. I started it. I passed off to Michelle. She ran the yellow loop. She passed off to Justin. He ran the red loop. Justin passed off to Allison. She ran the green loop. Allison passed off to me. I ran the yellow loop and we looped all the way through it just like that. And we literally completed, uh, eight cycles of, of three loops uh, which meant that 24 total stages, each of us ran six times. Um, I ran green, yellow, red, green, yellow, red, and and et cetera. Um, and we decided, as Michelle said, we had the option to actually combine them together. Like I could run a red and a green and then pass off to Michelle and she would run a yellow and a red. And we decided not to do that. We decided just to go singles all the way on through. Um, so Justin, given that layout, which is far simpler than I think I probably made it sound. Uh, <laughs> what do you, so what, what, do you, what do you think the biggest uh, challenge was? Um, so for me, um, both this year and the previous time, the, the middle of the night runs are, are a challenge. Um, I think we were certainly equipped with good lighting. Um, we had had a few conversations about headlamps and handheld lamps and uh, the whole business of what to have. But, you know, when it's the middle of the night, you're pretty tired. I remember um, when you were going out to run and I was laying face down in a tent, not sleeping <laughs> at like two in the morning, just 
wishing I could close my eyes and thinking like, well, this isn't really going to happen. Um, you know, I, I just felt kind of, kind of beat and run down. Um, so I had, I had two that were kind of tough and demoralizing in the middle of the night. And the second of the night runs, it was pouring rain. Um, and I had to adjust my headlamp to go underneath my hat so that I wasn't just blinded by light reflecting off water, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a challenge that you only deal with, you know, when you do a weird race like this, where you're running at weird times in weird places and dealing with weather conditions. So, yeah, I was just, I was just a little beat and, you know, run down. I think if we had done those double back-to-back loops, um, like that would have worn, may have worn me down even more and having, you know, say five hours of rest between, you know, running times, um, I don't think would have made up for the fatigue of running, you know, say 11 miles, um, and that strain on the body. Um, but when the sun was out, uh, you know, I think for all of us, we just had a complete re-enter, um, you know, re-energizing, um, where I think we all ran pretty well for our last loop. We all ran pretty well for our first couple of loops when the sun was out. Um, you know, and that, that made it more enjoyable. Yeah. The rain was a challenge. Um, and you, you ran in like straight up rain and Allison, I think you had a really rainy run too, didn't you? Um, it was sprinkling on and off and then the sun was just coming out. So Mm -hmm. it was muddy in spots, but the yellow loop that you're referring to was covered for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't too bad. Unlike the red loop and what you dealt with. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, like, like I never actually got rained on, but I ran the red loop right after the rain. Um, and the red loop has a lot of exposed rock. Um, and I was like literally having to tiptoe across that rock to keep from slipping. And I did slip anyway, twice, um, uh, because it was just so wet. And so I got to avoid what do what 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 Justin Dugan had to experience with the actual rain coming down and putting your your light under your hat and stuff like that. But yeah, I wasn't real happy about having to tiptoe across those rocks in my uh, in my last red leg there. Um, Allison, what was your biggest challenge? Well, you scared me because I was like, <laughs> the red loop was my last loop and it right. was the final leg. And I'm just like, don't fall, don't trip, right. don't be stupid. Because I had because, just done it. I had just done mm, it and fallen twice. And yeah, yeah. Um, did it dry so, up for you, though? Because you ran really uh, well that last leg. It was it was okay. It was um, a mixture because the sun was, I had the opposite where the sun was out in full effect. And in when you're not climbing up that rock, you're fully exposed mm-hmm. or you're not going up Mount Conyers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're, you have an open field loop where the sun was just beaming down. It was around 11, 1130. Mm. So I felt that and it was just like, ooh. This, you know, I'm starting to feel the heat and everything else. So dealing with that, not trying to fall because I'm doing strolling gym again. And I was just like, like, don't be stupid. Don't be a hero, you know, Mm -hmm. but also I'm just way too competitive for my own good and just start ever having everyone as the enemy. Mm -hmm. So even from the first leg, everyone had a target on their back. I didn't care who it was. I didn't care if they were walking, like, no, you're going down. And a lot of people, as I mentioned in the first leg, wouldn't get out of the way. So I was just fueled on rage. 
where it was hard to calm down. It was, I had a lot of energy, but I also had to say, all right, you got to do this seven more times or six, well, five math is hard. Five more times, like conserve, 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 you know? So I was like, don't be a hero. The first loop, don't be a hero, you know, save it. And also when it got dark, when I was a little tired, and the arrows, I still was like, wait, which direction is it pointing at? Mm. Um, I knew, okay, rest your eyes, take a shower, and just reframe mm. and make sure that you're being smart. And if I couldn't yell at someone to get out of the way, if I couldn't say nice job, I knew I was going way too hard mm. for my own good. So mm. just to calm down. Um, but yeah, I think... It was just dealing with night, but it was also cool because you saw lights, especially with the yellow loop, because it was so many turns mm -hmm. that you're like, all right, someone's up ahead. Yeah. So it was like playing a game of Pac-Man, which helped me keep engaged. Well, the yellow loop was a trip like that because there are so many turns in the yellow loop that you would see somebody's lights and you'd be like, oh, I'm about to catch somebody. And they would literally be a quarter mile in front of you. Yeah. But, 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 the, but the loop folded over itself so much that you would see somebody running in the other direction when they were actually pretty far in front of you i felt like um but but yeah the fact that that during your very first loop of the run uh you were you were telling people that you were coming up on your their left and they weren't getting out of your way i think any like competitive fire you had that you may have been like trying to keep at bay like just completely blew over with that <laughs> oh it was it was so bad and yeah. and also when they just wouldn't get out of my way and they wouldn't, um, or they tried to race me at some points. Right, I'm right. like, yeah, you're messing with the wrong person. <laughs> Which I, 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 I am certain that that has something to do with the fact that it was, it was a, a woman's voice coming from behind them. Um, I've never had that problem there. Um, I have had times when I've passed somebody and they've been like, oh, I'm going to stick with this guy, you know? Um, and then, then normally they don't, but, um, but I, I've never had somebody just like refuse to get out of my way when I was coming up from behind and I, and I tell them I'm coming up on their left. They clearly underestimated you, Allison. Well, they learned I, a lesson. <laughs> yeah. But I think further into the night and as it became daylight again, people were so tired that most people would come to a complete standstill when I would approach and be like passing on the left. Like they weren't even, they were like, oh yes, yeah, so a minute, you know, like a break for me <laughs> or something. And they'd be like, gosh, how are you running still? Whatever. And I'm like, you only ran three times. This is my sixth time. I didn't say that, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, I found it to be a little bit, a little bit difficult. Um, it's funny what you say about the, about the, you're running six time. And this happens to me during the Blue Ridge Relay as well. During the Brewerage Relay, we're on an ultra team, which means we run twice as much as everybody else too. Um, and I find myself usually pretty early on. I've gotten, I know this about myself now. I'll actually write on the back of our van that we're an ultra team. Um, and I found myself during Ragnar this time, taking the number and spinning it around backwards so that when I would pass somebody, they would see that we were an ultra team. <laughs> Um, that's awesome because because to the same degree that allison talks about like what fuels her and like what fires her up to me the idea of being an ultra team somebody that's running twice as much as everybody else and it's still passing them to me that there was something that felt badass about that and and like i want you to know that they didn't care like like the people that i was passing didn't know the difference between the orange numbers and the red numbers right but but to me it just it just gave me a boost to think about well i'm, I'm running twice as much as you are you know um 
it was a much bigger challenge running twice as much, I will say. And I found that in those first two loops, I approached them inadvertently as if I was only running three times, like I had the last three times that I'd done it. Uh, and so as a result <laughs> of that, I had like a 20 minute positive split between my first three and my last three, which is not great, Darden, but, uh, and, and not my, my normal MO, but, but that is what it is. Um, uh, Justin, what was your favorite of the three loops? Red, yellow, green. Um, I would have to say the red loop is my favorite. Um, it's odd. <laughs> Allison's shaking her head, but go one. ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's the longest one and there are some very hard parts. I mean, it'd be easy to say the green loop, which is the shortest and doesn't have really anything going on, but just some trail through the woods. The red loop is cool. Um, you run through a wet tunnel, which, you know, was unfortunate because it's in the first like half mile and you get your feet wet and you know your legs and butt splattered with you know trail water um there's a bunch of you know slippery rocks which i'm sure george has on his not my most favorite um <laughs> you know loop of the race but i thought some of those kind of like open hilly grassy areas of the red loop where there were just like structures that were built that you know, I don't know what they're for, but it was neat seeing a building and um, like covered you know, like bridges covered, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, a little covered bridge. There was there's a lot of water around there and you got to hear frogs, uh, you know, croaking. And at night, that's, you know, kind of a neat sound. That was cool. Um, I, I just thought that there, there was a lot more pizzazz in uh, in the red loop than the any of the other ones. And because um, <laughs> I would definitely I would definitely say the yellow loop is not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Allison, you shook your head at the red loop. You didn't like the, but what was your favorite? Well, I would say the red loop is the most scenic. Um, I mean, disclaimer, I don't think you do the Ragnar and Conyers for the scenery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. As opposed to like Leadville or Western States or, right. or one of these. Yeah. Okay. Point taken. Keep going. Interesting. Um, but it was cool to go across like it was the most variety, I would say. Um, with the yellow loop, you couldn't get into a rhythm. Hmm. Like there was just so much switchbacks and I guess it's not really a switchback, but turns very mountain bikey where it wasn't hmm. very you couldn't get your bearings and you couldn't get into a rhythm, which kind of annoyed me. So I would say the yellow loop, just because you have that downhill, you can get warmed up and in a rhythm. And someone that's used to longer distances, it takes like a mile for me to really get going. Fair. And so, um, and the fact that it like joined up with the yellow, so mm -hmm. you could see people and pick people off. So the um, green, the green was your favorite. The green was mm -hmm. your start starting down the hill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I thought for a second there, you were saying the yellow was your favorite because it was the most technical. I was no. like, oh my God, I hated the yellow loop. No. Um, I, 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 Michelle, I know that the yellow loop was your least favorite. It's my least favorite of two, by the way. Um, and, and all of these loops, uh, you know, Allison just referred to the mountain bike trails. All of these loops were used as part of the mountain bike trails during the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, which is the first time the mountain bike was actually in the Olympics. And so I went back after we had run this and watched some of the coverage of that race and it's actually sort of cool um the only part that i can straight up just totally recognize is going past those exposed rock parts on the on the red loop and of course okay. like the finish the start finish area like you recognize yeah. all of that too but it was kind of neat to sort of look at that and think about well this is where olympians actually rode their bikes so it is kind of a cool thing there 
Um, Michelle, what's and your also, favorite? And uh, also, one note, I do remember part of the Red Loop as my high school cross country a million years ago, um, <laughs> running around there. So Olympics yeah. or just my high school like <laughs> cross country meet with like two other teams. Come on. So so yeah, they, they've run some pretty big cross country meets out there over the course of the last 20 years, I want to say. So, so very good. <laughs> very good. Michelle, what's your favorite? Um, Not the yellow. That's your least favorite. Mine too. What's your yeah. favorite? No, I really loved the Red Loop. Um, I felt like it was the most runnable and it was, I did make it, the only time I changed shoes, the difference in the first Red Loop and the second Red Loop, um, I know we've talked a lot, but the first, after there's like 0.8 miles of the Red Loop from about half a mile into 1.3 that is literally on like the side of a rock face. So the camber is, I don't know, it's probably like 10 or 15 degrees. So I, we, I mean, we wore the um, Endorphin Edge and I felt like it was too high of a stack. So when I went back out for the second time, I knew it was going to be at night and I didn't want to be feeling like I was kind of falling off my shoes again. So I think I just really executed both red loops as well as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a part in the latter half of the red loop where I think you're kind of coming out from running adjacent to the water and you can see people far off running up a hill to the left. Mm-hmm up a grass and you have to, but you have to go all the way back in this grassy field before you can kind of start turning left and making that turn and get to that like long uphill stretch on the grass. And I just found um, that there was like a hunt mode. Like if you can kind of get to that part and get to that hill, but again, it's a little bit deceiving because it's like, oh, I'm just going to go up here and turn left and then I'll be right behind them. But it's actually like another mile back in the grass before you come up. But yeah, I'm team red. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you that the biggest problem with yellow for me was not um, the technicality or the train. It was that the first mile marker, mile one-ish, was (laughs) 0.25 miles after a mile. And this extended until there was a 0.4 mile difference. Um, So something that was supposed to be like 5.3 miles was 5.77 and Mm 5.78. And I... The yellow and the green loop merge, so you finish the same way four times, and unequivocally, each time four times, I underestimated the finish by half a mile. Every (laughs) single time that the loops merged, I knew exactly what it was after the first one, and I messed it up on the second, third, and fourth time. (laughs) So I hated the yellow loop because of that, because it's okay if you're like a little bit off the mile markers, but this is not that hard. Like Our watches were all mostly identical about the distance of each loop and we had four different brands of watches on I should say <laughs> they could have done a little bit better with with the mile markers <laughs> so I, I I do think that was funny and and for the record Allison is muting herself when she's not talking and so when Michelle said that about the mile markers being off Allison laughed too <laughs> so it's not just me <laughs> well no. George you warned me you're like yeah these mile marker ish yeah and- so yeah, you got an actual warning. George got it. Yeah, oh, Michelle, no. I wish so, I had told you. No, that. totally. Yeah, yeah, fair. No, I, I tried to, knowing that Michelle had never done anything like this before and knowing that she specifically had never done Ragnar, I tried to sort of say, these are some of the challenges you're going to face. These are some of the odd things. This is what this loop looks like, all that sort of thing. And I was literally running that first green loop in the leadoff. And I got to that first mile marker that said mile one-ish. And my, my, and my watch said like 1.1. And I was like, oh man, I forgot to tell Michelle this. 
That's the one thing I forgot to tell her. And of course I come in and I hand off to Michelle and I don't have time to go, the mile markers are wrong, you know, or something like that. And even if I had, that probably would have just sent her anxiety through the roof. Um, and so I just handed it off to her and I went, of course, and mentioned it to Allison. Um, and then Michelle comes to finish freaking out, yelling and screaming, coming down the finishing straight, um, takes her bottle, throws it into somebody else's tent. <laughs> My hand had gone numb, by the way. I don't know why it was... Um, it was fine. It was into my new friend. What's his name? Stein. So Jason Stein. I was going to say yeah. shout out to Jason Stein and the OTP endurance crew who uh, who saw that Michelle was extremely upset and said, I think she might need to eat something and gave me an oatmeal cream pie to deliver to her. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, no, that was, yeah, I don't know. I, I was my hand was um, it was totally numb at that point. Um, so once once we were coming down, I mean, there was only a few tenths of a mile from the finish, but to be able to get rid of it and just kind of move my fingers, it was weird. It was just like a blood flow thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I appreciate them picking up the bottle and giving you an oatmeal cream pie for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I felt that the other mile markers on the other loops were all within like 0.05 and 0.1 miles of where my watch would chime. Mm -hmm. um, and the yellow one just infuriated me. So Well, you know, our our crew chief and so we did have two people come and help that were not running that that, that helped with setup and breakdown and all that sort of thing we had uh eric the crew chief who also helped us out at uh, at mountain mist um and and then we had allison's husband ben was also there uh to uh to lend logistical and of course emotional support um specifically to allison but more broadly to all of us uh <laughs> well i will say a shout out to ben because i got up to the second night run and I didn't think I was going to need it, but I had the waist light on and hadn't grabbed the handheld. Mm -hmm. And I texted Allison and she had, you know, just kind of recovering. And I was like, I need the light. Um, Cause I figured if I go out there with one light, I'm going to be screwed and need the second one. But if I have both of them, I won't need it. Um, and he came running over with it. So right that's not fun to do in the middle of the night, but I really appreciated that. So thanks, Ben. <laughs> right on, right on. Shout out to Ben then. Ben seemed to like, so Ben, who is a 100 mile finisher, by the way, we should say, Ben seemed to be like just in his element. Dude was just hanging out. Like the rest of us kind of looked tired. Eric slept more than any of the rest of us. Eric slept for six hours. Okay, well, um, to be fair. And, I and, and Ben didn't sleep a wink and just was like, what of? Okay, um, but- Eric went out there Thursday night and helped set everything up. Which I appreciate. He stocked a cooler full of drinks. Which I appreciate. He did, he did a lot. And he, he also had to deal with my anxiety leading into the race, which I think <laughs> is a little bit exhausting if you're in Eric's position in my life. <laughs> Maybe so, a little bit. Think, <laughs> so when he finally crashed, um, yeah, I mean, he had said, I'm just going to take the chair in the tent and sleep for a few hours. And I thought it would be good for him if he got like a four hour stretch, but I mean, nobody was going to wake him up. Were we? I wouldn't. Yeah. He oh, was knocked yeah. out. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway, no, I had my emotional support husband. I was good, but <laughs> Eric was huge too. in letting us know where we were in ranking oh, yeah. because mm -hmm. it was hard to tell, you know, where we stacked up. Like, yeah, we were very unique in our category, mixed ultra masters. So I feel like, <laughs> You know, we still had it, you know, Polly in the bag, but you never know. So I think it was cool that he was like, all right, you are this far back in this. And and so it kind of helped yeah. for me getting in that perspective, especially in the last loop, like every person you pass could be that team. Mm -hmm. So Eric mm -hmm. was huge in that regard. And also like when we were supposed to get ready and when we were supposed to wake Justin up and George up and everything else, 
and who had what slap bracelet, which kind of, you know, fizzled yeah, once, a little bit. When, yeah, when Eric was asleep, I don't <laughs> think I had slap bracelets. Like I was just, I was like, George, what time? When are, just tell me exactly when you're going to finish. So, so which, which segues into one of my favorite moments of the entire race, um, which was when you and I were sitting there at about 11, it was at 11, 15 PM. Um, and, and you were like, all right, George, I'm done. When am I running again? I said, all right, well, Justin's out right now. He's going to be about, uh, another 30 minutes or something like that. And then, or another 15 minutes. And then I'm going to run. It's going to be like a certain amount of time. Da, 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 da. And, and, and essentially I said, you have about an hour and 45 minutes. So what time is that? And Michelle looks at me and goes, 1 a.m. That's 1 a.m. <laughs> you want me to run at 1 a.m.? <laughs> And I said, that's what I'm telling you, Michelle. I want you to get running at 1 a.m. <laughs> um, but I agree with you, Michelle, that that um and 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 Allison that uh, Eric was actually really, really helpful. Um, um and if anything, I, I give him a hard time about being asleep for six hours because it was so much better when he was awake. Um yeah. because, because we had somebody kind of managing and 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 I didn't have to think as much and talk to Michelle about how she has to go running at 1 a.m. and and those sorts of things. I could just leave that up to somebody else. Um yeah. and so so yeah. I uh, think and in terms of the timing, I felt like that was really probably the most significant role that like a captain would play once the Ragnar started. Mm -hmm. Um, but I realized very quickly that. I couldn't compute it the way that he was like, he had this down to a science. So I felt like just the, so once he went to sleep, we had this agreement, like, okay, well, if you come in to hand off and the next person isn't there, just stay there. Right. Cause eventually we're going to show up. Um, and I felt like that that was like as much as I could do to figure out what time does the next person have to be there? Who's responsible for waking who up? Um, so yeah, it was, it was much better. Like we didn't have to think much when he was awake. Yeah, we just yeah. we just had to know what time it was and and when to be back at the the transition area. And so. and and with that in mind, I mean, I, I I ended up doing that okay, but then on one occasion, I knew what time Allison was going to be back, and I dragged my feet through the warm up, and and Allison got back faster, a couple minutes faster than we expected, and I was not in the tent at the moment that I thought I was going to be, and so I ended up leaving Allison sitting in the tent for about two and a half minutes, um, and so that was the only mistake, and I dare say that, and we will know if Eric, our co-host, actually listens to this podcast, because he will revel in the fact that I missed a handoff. You missed he will it. bring it up every single podcast between now and Blue Ridge Relay, I am certain. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I missed about two and a half minutes there of, of leaving Allison frantically texting and calling people from inside the tent, uh, saying that she was back and, and that George wasn't in the tent yet. And I just kind of came wandering in. Oh, there you are. And took I was it just so off. worried. I was just like, <laughs> is George alive? Is he hungry? Is he lost? Like, I so, don't know. Maybe I just went into like mom mode. Like this isn't George. Like, is he okay? Like, I mean, it's I'm a glad George like. So, so it's, <laughs> it's not George like it has happened one time before. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and the last time it happened, it was five years ago. <laughs> so it's not it's not a pattern of behavior. It's just happened one time before. <laughs> well, George, um, but I, I did have a question like for you about it. How would you compare to Blue Ridge Relays? I know how much you love Blue Ridge. How do you compare your experience with us? I know you got other Ragnars <laughs> and we're probably far superior, but how did you compare it with your experience with Blue Ridge Relay? Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's um, 
it's different in Blue Ridge Relay because you're moving down the road, you know, um, and not everybody is doing the same thing. And so you have one person that will run a four mile leg and the next person will run an eight mile leg and the next person will run a six mile leg and stuff like that. And so I think this felt like a more apples to apples comparison to the Blue Ridge Relay than the relay that I had done in the past at Ragnar with only with seven teammates where I only ran three times. Um, but it, but if anything, I was struck by how incomparable the two events are, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, being on the trail versus being on the road, um, um, just, you know, and, and the, the whole thing just felt very different. Um, I will say that the Michelle likes to make fun of us having a, a, a spreadsheet um, on the Blue Ridge Relay that has all of the times that everybody's going to finish and all that sort of thing. And I dare say, Michelle, you probably see the purpose of that spreadsheet now, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, our spreadsheet was was really helpful just in an overall picture for me of like high level who's going to do what, because I feel like it really took me a few hours to really understand, like, because yes, I agree. It's good. The spreadsheet is good. We, um, <laughs> I'm happy to have, you know, Eric do the spreadsheet um, for this event for us and can definitely understand why it's even probably maybe more important for Blue Ridge Relay. Um, just because mm -hmm. at least like with Ragnar, we were coming back to the same area. Mm -hmm. I liked the, uh, everybody, you, like you came back to the same area. You saw the same people every single time, you know, like random people were like, good job. You could steal the peanut butter M&Ms from the same tent every single time because the people weren't there when you were walking back. Other people's <laughs> tents, by the way, I might've stolen some candy. I was going to say, how many times did you do that, Michelle? <laughs> well, anyway, that's not important. You, you, but... <laughs> you say it as if it's something you did on a regular basis. It's fine. Stealing it's fine. food from the other teams. <laughs> um, but not that Allison asked me, but I feel like I liked the camaraderie of this and having like the camp in one yeah. place much better than I would like a Ragnar road relay. Like even mm -hmm. something like the bourbon chase, which I know a bunch of people that have done it. It seems like a lot of fun, but this was definitely more, um, I think like my speed. I don't know. Justin, what was the highlight for you? Um, so it's funny. I, I was thinking about it since doing it. And, you know, when I got home and my wife asked, she was like, Oh, did you have a good time? And I kind of looked at her <laughs> while I was sitting in the bathtub uh, eating an Oreo Blizzard from Dairy Queen. And I was like, um, I'm chased in some unfortunate places. I haven't slept. I feel terrible. I hated most of the running, but I had a really good time. <laughs> and, she, and she looked at me like, I don't even know what you said. Like, none of that makes any sense. And I'm like, I know. Like I was I was miserable a lot of times running. I was exhausted a lot of times not running, but like we really had a nice time. Like I mean, we were a good group. We had an like, you know, to to go along with what Michelle was saying, it's nice having that like hub to go back to. Yeah. And I mean, we we certainly had it outfitted very well. I mean, we had big tents, we had stuff, we had all the nutrition and I mean, I was totally um you know, outclassed with number of shoes to bring to an event. <laughs> I, I only wore one pair of shoes, um, you know, and I'm sure that's, that's my uh, ticket off the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it was fun. Like, you know, we saw some people that we know, uh, shout out to Jason again. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. I mean, it was, um, you know, the camaraderie, the, 
you know, the, the shared suffering was, was the best part of it. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that I think, um, is, is what you go back for. I agree. Um, yeah. George and Justin, was it hard to drive home? Like, did you guys, were you guys falling asleep driving home or were you fine? Like until you got home? I mean, Allison and I, I don't, we didn't have to drive home. So. I, I, I was, <laughs> I mean, and I'll, I'll be interested to hear what Justin has to say. So, so, I mean, I, I actually, and I found this is true at this event more so than at the Blue Ridge Relay. So, so Allison, another comparison, I think, with the Blue Ridge Relay, and I kind of alluded to this, is that you you don't get, you, it's not as rhythmic. And so, so in, in, in the Ragnar, I had pretty much, I had within 10 minutes of, of amount of time of running every time. And then I had pretty much the exact same amount of rest every time, right? Whereas in, in the Blue Ridge Relay, you might run for an hour, then you might run for 25 minutes and your rest might be an hour and a half and then it might be three hours, right? Um, and so, so it's not quite as rhythmic. Um, um, and, and so that's kind of one big difference as well. But, but I've also found that for whatever reason, I don't tend to sleep on the Blue Ridge Relay. And I always tend to sleep a little bit more in the Ragnar relay. Even with this Ultra one, I ended up sleeping a little bit more. And I'm not totally sure why that is. Um, it wasn't like good sleep. I don't think it was really restorative sleep or anything else like that. Um, but to answer Michelle's question, Michelle, I had taken so much caffeine um, <laughs> and that that I kind of had that really kind of tired, but but sort of wound up type feeling. Yeah. You know? um, and then I got home. Um, I talked to my family, you know, hugged my sons, um, and, and had, had something to eat, had some real food. Um, and then went upstairs and laid in bed and read. And as soon as I started reading, I kind of started winding down a little bit and I fell asleep hard. (laughs) I mean, really hard, like probably some of the hardest two hours of sleeping I've probably done in the past six months. Um, and like woke up a couple hours later and was like, where am I? (laughs) um like that kind of thing yeah Um, and then then woke up you know had dinner hung out with my family a little bit more and then went to sleep at a regular time like 10 o'clock that night or something without any problem despite having taken a hardcore two and a half hour nap only a few hours prior justin what was it like for you driving home um i was tired on the ride home and as i was getting i mean my my drive was you know like an hour and 20 minutes home and that last 20 minutes on the highway, I had the windows open. I had the music really loud, and I was like leaning over the steering wheel, just like, <laughs> "Okay, eyes, let's see if I can stretch you any more, you know, wide open, so mm-hmm. that we can just get home." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was pretty, I was pretty tuckered out and uh, fighting, fighting my drive home. Michelle, you were sacked out because Eric, the crew chief, sent us a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think he sent us a video. <laughs> He which slept i appreciate six hours so. like who cares like <laughs> oh so now it's a bad thing he slept for six hours <laughs> no but i'm just saying like of course he's awake and jamming and taking uh, videos and stuff uh, so. right on very good um uh, allison how did you fuel let's talk about fueling real quick um, well george i want to say you probably had an easier time driving back mm. than you did going to Since I picked you up <laughs> pick me up we got well we missed a turn we had yeah. to stop what four times we had to stop Graham at the crackers? grocery store to pick up graham crackers for princess michelle yeah <laughs> okay, guys okay <laughs> every single store every single store carries graham crackers i'm sorry Not you went into every quick single trip. one 
Quick Trip is not a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did have to stop on the way there, but 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 you're right, you're right. Um, but no, the way back was a much more direct trip. That's true. I was able to go directly from one site to my house as opposed to going through East Cobb, picking you up, and then then making who knows how many stops trying to find the princess's graham crackers. Um, but uh but but yeah, uh, fortunately, I did not have to do too much. And fortunately, there was only a little bit of traffic on the way back, which was a little bit maddening too, um, for sure, for sure. Um, how'd you feel, uh, Allison? So I knew, you know, like the first leg, I was, I had dinner and and knew that throughout the rest of the segments, you know, you only have a few hours in between, so I didn't want to do anything heavy. So yeah. I just brought a lot of snacks, cereal, fruit. Um, I had a gel just for caffeine and just mm -hmm. making sure electrolytes were, were big because it was hot. Like mm -hmm. even at night, like I, I think Michelle and I were always like wrapped in blankets and freezing, even though it was like 55, maybe 60, mm -hmm. but yeah. because we had wet heads, we were sweating. Um, I still wanted to make sure that electrolytes were, you know, important, mm -hmm. but it was just making sure right after I ate, I had something to, and also right before, because I feel like the segments were short enough where it's not like you needed a water bottle. You didn't need to carry a gel, but you just needed to make sure that you were on top of fueling. Because mm -hmm. like I said, at the end, it was starting to get hot where I was mm -hmm. like, Ooh, if I had an extra mile, I probably would have needed something. Yeah. And it was cool that they had water like halfway mm -hmm. for the people that needed it. But um, definitely had snacks where it wasn't like I had to, you know, go on the trail and, and make some pit stops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I, I do the I had the same general approach for me. It was it was Diet Coke and 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 a few other drinks and that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, uh, potato chips, Sprinkles and uh, and candy. Um, and that's what I do during the Blue Ridge Relay as well. And I'm super sick of it by the end. Um, and I want to come home and eat like something very square. Um, but, uh, but, but that tends to be what works for me. And that's, that's kind of what I did here. Michelle, you ate, you were eating like French fries and chicken fingers. I've, I was a little bit shocked. Um, <laughs> I've well, never seen you eat stuff like that. <laughs> so it's interesting. I had this whole like perfectly defined, like I brought a ton of stuff and thought that I would basically keep a bottle with me on every loop with like water and scratch hydration. And then I had element and I was just like Allison said, I was really kind of trying to stay tuned into the um, sodium loss and then reintake because I think that's kind of what's really hurt me um, on some of my like past kind of long distance endeavors. But, you know, I thought Justin had really good points about like keeping a handheld with you and maybe you're not fueling for the run that you're on right now, but there's right. five more and four more and three more. Totally. After the first run, I had that, like my hand went numb issue. And so I never carried a handheld again. So I was just really careful to top off. I took uh, like 20 ounces of water in one element after I finished each loop, even the four mile loop. Um, and that's like a thousand milligrams of sodium. And then I was careful to just drink to thirst. Like I probably had a Diet Coke in between each loop. Another, um, like I kept a Nalgene bottle just so 32 ounces may be refilled with water like twice. Um, and for the most part, I ate, I ate three Greek yogurts and three bananas and graham crackers. Um, and there was that one point where I did eat like two chicken fingers and then just gave you the, I was like, I, I didn't want the French fries. I mean, I, yeah, I, I ate had the like, French fries. Yeah. yeah. I had like four French fries, but 
I think it just got to a point where I needed something like more substance that, that felt like, um, um, well, Allison was getting like a salad, like Ben was bringing her a salad and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to eat my real food too. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, but, that's yeah but, a... then, but then it got to, you know, that was after the second loop. So that for the last four, it was really just Greek yogurt, bananas, graham crackers. And then it got really ridiculous. Like half an Oreo, two Pringles from George's Pringle thing. Like it was a little bit of just, um, I was wondering where uh, those dried mango, went. dried mango, uh, this small bag of beef jerky that I had, it was ridiculous. I'm glad I wasn't logging it. It would be hysterical if I yeah, had actually, yeah. no, I, I mean like in some ways I, I do, it would be so funny to see how it just, um, deteriorated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I should say, you, I also, I also ate the dried mango that you brought for me, which I appreciated. So I drank, I ate some of that too. Yeah, I did buy us each a $9 bag of dried mango from REI. Right on. So. We're still eating it. Um, and one of the race sponsors, you just mentioned Element, um, the the sports drink, which is their their motto is stay salty, I want to say. I have never tasted something saltier in my life. It was like drinking oh, soy so sauce. Um, you know who <laughs> loves Element since we brought home all of these little packets of Element? My sons. Do you know, I actually had never, I never knew... I never put like the word element and what it actually is together until I saw Jacqueline Nassar's Instagram a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I realized like what it was and how, oh, it's got the sodium of liquid IV or, and, but it doesn't have the calories or it doesn't have the carbs and the sugar. Right. And it was like, and it, but, but which none is good because it doesn't have the carbs and the sugar, but you don't get really like the most you can get from a tablet is maybe like 300 grams of sodium or something 1000 so, milligrams of sodium yeah per right which is which for me that's my exact sweat loss it's like drinking hour. ocean water that's yeah. incredible yeah. it's incredible if you create so george you're a really heavy sweater but you're I not am. like super salty correct i'm like heavy average sweater but i'm pretty salty so for me replacing the salt element is 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 like it's my jam you're a salty it's indeed. My new jam. I'm um, a salty bitch. <laughs> you're a little salty, a little bitter, a little both, you know. Fine, I don't care. <laughs> Particularly at 1.01 a.m., so for sure. Um, Justin Dugan, how did you feel? Um, I used um, a product. I used Slay RX. I used the Hydrate uh, for yeah, my yeah. first four runs. You're, you're, you're an ambassador for Slay RX, right? I am. Yeah, right. I've been using that stuff for a very long time. It is great for me. I am a very sweaty guy. Uh, so not only do I lose a lot of liquid, I'm also a big depleter. So I'm, I need to put all that back in. So um, I, I either wore a handheld or carried a, um, you know, a, a running vest, um, you know, for each of the runs, just so I could have, um, you know, like 500 milliliters with me. And I would drink, you know, throughout each run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just so I wouldn't be destroyed for the following run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to eat regular food. Uh, I had a chicken sandwich, uh, Friday night. I couldn't wait for breakfast Saturday morning. Um, I packed a delicious, uh, cream cheese bagel, uh, that I ate in the middle of the night. I don't know what time it was, but it, it was pouring rain. Um, and it was amazing. I had mm-hmm. some blueberries and some pineapples that I ate. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, just tried to eat food and stay hydrated um you know i I don't think i think i only went out on one run hungry and it was one of the ones in the middle of the night and i had foregone eating so i could try and get some sleep and unfortunately eric wouldn't allow that 
um because he was um a little <laughs> See, too deep in um so he was sawing logs yeah <laughs> he, he was sawing logs and uh i was just trying to rest uh and didn't have the energy to even try and scrounge up any food uh mm. for that one so mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. that was uh, it, it seemed to work pretty well yeah you know i started to say this a minute ago and and with the blue ridge relay there's kind of a breakdown between uh between the six of us who run on the blue ridge relay team some of us want to have some real food or want to have a dinner at some point over the course of of that 26 hour race um and and some of us including me don't like i i I don't want to do that it's it took me a few years to realize that different people can have different approaches and they can work um, all equally well. And that's for some people, it might involve eating a slice or two of pizza along the way. And that's fine. That works well. If that works well for you, go ahead and do it. Um, it doesn't work very well for me. Um, and so, yeah, some people do need to have like at some point along the way, something more substantive. I also think it's interesting what you said, Justin, about that you carried water with you, um, because it kind of made you drink it, you know, whereas I, I have to make sure that I'm really mindful of, of, okay, before I do anything else, let me get, let me fill up this huge cup and let me drink all of this stuff. Let me make sure I'm hydrating and getting the electrolytes I'm supposed to and all that sort of thing. I have to actually make a real point to do it in between. And if I don't, um, I can get into trouble. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I think, I think that's sort of a good trick carrying it with you because you're more likely to drink it while you're carrying it while you're actually running than you would be in between. I think that's probably a pretty good trick if that's I what mean, it takes in order to get make you drink, right? Justin rocked that. He had a GoPro in one side of a Solomon vest, a soft flask in another. <laughs> I mean, he he was definitely the most uh, like prepared for that. I, w- yeah. I will say on the Red Loop, I when I got to the water, and this is like a bring your own cup type of race, I was, I was so desperate for just any type of moisture in my mouth that I just took the cooler and put my mouth under it and he was like oh every single person's been doing that and I'm thinking like oh great (laughs) but (laughs) you know I was happy uh and even in the middle of the night when I did it I sort of fell over and and I woke up the guy who the volunteer who was kind of sitting in the chair I was like sorry I'm just really thirsty (laughs) um but yeah I don't know I I, if I could do it again I I don't think the handheld thing would have been an issue I don't know why but I probably for the red loops would have taken out some Mm -hmm. some hydration so Mm -hmm. All right. So speaking of doing it again, and speaking of Justin's GoPro, um, there. So so we uh, felt confident that we had won the Ultra Division, and we did. Um, and so we, as Allison said, we were mixed masters ultra, um, which is a specific division. But if we compared ourselves to all the other ultra teams, um, we beat all of the ultra teams, and regardless of their makeup or age. Um, uh, and it was actually fairly close. We only beat one of the other masters teams, uh, by about 21 minutes. Um, and then if you take every single team that actually competed in the race, 127 teams competing in the race, which included four sprint teams, which I guess means they only run one loop. Um, uh, we actually finished, uh, fourth overall, um, out of 127 teams, which is pretty incredible, actually, given the fact that we were a mixed masters ultra team. Um, we were about 13 minutes out of, of third place there. Uh, but anyway, so we're on the podium. We're celebrating. Justin brought some Prosecco. We're spraying it all over one another, that sort of thing. And Eric, the crew chief, comes up and sticks the GoPro in my face and says, George, would you do it again? <laughs> that was not the right time to ask. 
um, because I started too fast. Um, those last couple of runs for me were really ugly, really difficult. Um, and, and so it was not a really good time to ask me, uh, that particular moment there, uh, asked Justin, he said, yeah, absolutely. Allison said, yeah. Uh, Michelle said, Michelle said, I would do it if George and Allison do it. <laughs> Um, which I appreciate it. But now that we've had kind of a week here to, uh, to, to process, um, let's start with Allison. Allison, would you do it again? I would do it with our team. I wouldn't do the course, same course, but I would do relay again. Mm -hmm. I feel like we had good chemistry. We balanced each other out and we really had a good rhythm and just like personality and banter between us all. Hmm. I agree with that. To me, the, the, the only bummer about the rain was that it kind of, it stopped us from being able to hang out outside as much. Do you know what I'm saying? Like with everything being wet and you couldn't really just go outside that, that, that to me in some ways affected the camaraderie some, and that was sort of a bummer. Um, but yeah, uh, Justin, would you do it again? Yeah, I would. Um, you know, like Allison said, I think we had, you know, a good camaraderie as a team. Um, you know, everybody worked well together. We had, you know, great rhythm, you know, very organized. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, easy to be part of this group. So mm -hmm. I, my arm could definitely be twisted. Allison did say that, that uh, she wouldn't want to do here again. And so Justin, you know, Ragnar better than we do. Michigan is supposed to be like the pretty one. It's supposed to be like the one that people actually travel to and go to, right? Uh, yeah, I uh, I had a parent on my daughter's soccer team when she found out I was doing this one. She's like, "Oh, you got to do Michigan." She's like, "That one's the best." And I'm, I was just like, "Uh, okay, that's all news <laughs> to me." So yeah, from from one lady's perspective, uh, I've heard Michigan is great. All right, all right. So and it's in it's in June. Um, we're not gonna be doing it this June, but uh, but but good to know. Um, Michelle, would you do it again? Yeah. I would do it. I like the trail scene. I didn't, you know, I think we, I asked you when we first got there, um, like George, like who are the people, like who are the Ragnar people? Like what, what are these people kind of, is this the CrossFit group? Is this, you know, and um, is this like the F3 type people? So I definitely think that most people weren't there um, to compete and run that the way that we were, but I liked that we were all there to compete and run Mm -hmm. run hard. Um, mm -hmm. So I felt like we didn't need that from the whole race. It was fun just within ourselves. And yeah, I feel like it was a really good, um, like, just a kind of a emotional boost of an experience for me. Um, I felt really good towards the end. I, I loved running at night. I was surprised. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like I was going much faster than I was. So I'm still a little bit trying to reconcile that. But I love the idea of, <laughs> like, running through the night again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um and it, it helped that um, like you and Justin were hurting really bad. And at the end, and I was like, not <laughs> like, I was so proud of myself because I like, I paced it. I mean, to be fair, I asked you and just like randomly, I don't think on the group text, but I was like, how would you pace this? And you were like, well, I would take, you know, the first few in zones two and three, and then you want to be able to pick it up. And then you want to be able to run the last loop the hardest. And it's like, once again, if George, the coach, would take <laughs> if George the athlete would listen to George. I normally coach, do. I you normally would have fared do. so much better, but I listened yeah. to George the coach and I felt awesome at the end. No, I normally um, do. So, yeah. I normally do. Yeah. 
No, I, I I normally do, and 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 when it comes to the Blue Ridge Relay, the five times I've done it, I've had four good races. Uh, this is the fourth time I've done the Ragnar, and it's the first time I haven't had um, a really well executed race there. Um, it was still well executed from the point of view of of um, of nutrition and that sort of thing, but I just I just started too hard, um, and that was dumb, and and that was in part because. I was excited and it was in part because I was really kind of underprepared for it. Um, I would do it again. Um, I would do it with this group because I think actually what you just said, Michelle, was an important point that like all four of us, um, we appreciate that Ragnar is a big tent and has a variety of people doing a variety of things, but you don't want your own team to be the big tent with a variety of different right. goals. <laughs> like you all want to be on the same page as far as like what your goals are. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I feel like we were all kind of on the same page that we wanted to run the best that we possibly could. Um, and I think that's important. Um, yeah. it, it, it would be annoying to me if, if, um, I was out there like pushing hard and, and trying to run hard up what we call Mount Conyers there during during the red loop. Um, and then like the next person was just like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was kind of tired. So I decided to walk up Mount Conyers and I'd be like, what? Like that, that, that would annoy me. That would bother me. Um, and yeah. so so trying to do the best you possibly can, I think, is important um, for sure. Um, so won't but, do but it, won't, won't, that... won't do, won't do Ragnar this one next year because it, yeah. it comes at the wrong time of the year for me. I can't quite fit it in and mix the other things I want to do in the spring of 2024, but I'd be willing to do it again. Yeah. I'd want to go well, somewhere. We got to make sure there's one thing. And what really <laughs> was my motivating factor was the fact that I thought we were going to give Michelle a belt buckle. Right. And the fact oh, yeah. that we didn't this even get it, I was yep. such a disappointment. I was like, yeah. no. I was so, wanting to win it for our captain. I wanted her to get her belt buckle and then we don't even get it. It was just like, that was the ultimate Right, goal. so that's a good, yeah, yeah. We haven't spoken at all about that in the last hour, which is I, shocking. I, it is shocking, <laughs> but, actually. I, and I the, had it in the notes to bring it up. So I'm I was, glad that Allison did. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I was swayed in to do this because Justin's mixed Masters Ultra Team won in 2019 and he has this amazing belt buckle. And I think as most people know, that's kind of like synonymous with a hundred mile finish. But I'm not um, like I'm not there yet. So I felt like this is the intermediate belt buckle, so to speak. This is just like a, a bridge to the mm -hmm. actual buckle that I really want. But Ragnar basically replaced the buckles this year with a baton. I mean, what the fuck? We're gonna get oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gonna get batons with our names, our team name engraved on it, and our place. And I'm just a little. Yeah, I'm really hoping in 2024 there's enough complaints to corporate that they bring back the belt buckles. All right, um, I, so. I did appreciate so 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 Michelle as the captain of our team um, uh, is the one who corresponded the most with the race director, a guy named Will. <laughs> um, and and Michelle on multiple occasions wrote back to him and said, "Hey, are there going to be buckles this year?" And Will's like, "No, it's going to be batons this year." And she says, "Don't forget that we're we're four people. Yeah, I know it's going to be batons, <laughs> not buckles." Um, and then like. Every other time you wrote back to him over the ensuing two or three days, you kind of just sort of subtly said, so I look forward to getting our buckles. And he would write back and say, it's going to be batons. Um, it's, it's pretty, so, it's, yeah, it's a little sad. I think I might have to get together with Justin Dugan and, and, and with Allison Mercer. And we might have to chip in to get a custom made buckle for the Captain Michelle. Um, I did appreciate one of my favorite aspects of the whole thing is that, that, because you were the captain of the team, um, <laughs> even though our name on the uh, on the screen and in the Thank results was the Power Rangers, oh my on, on the number, it actually said Michelle Frank's team. <laughs> Man, that number, we I've 
I don't think in my life I've ever taken um, such sweaty paraphernalia from somebody else's body and put it on my body. <laughs> okay. Um, George, you, I just, on the last loop, you, you, you came in and you, I was like, take it off. Like, I felt like you were kind of zoned out a little bit. Um, I, was, I was trying to get as much sweat onto it as I possibly could before I handed <laughs> it off to you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was so, that was a little gross, but um, yeah, I've got the number here. So, you know, it says my as, name on it. As so. well you should, as well you should. All right. Last question. What's next for you, Justin Dugan? Uh, I'm racing the 70.3 uh, Chattanooga in, I think like three weeks mm -hmm. from this weekend. Yeah. So that's, that's the big one on the calendar for me. All right. So you had to jump right back in. Allison, what's next for you? Drawing gym next week. All right. You had to jump back in as well. This is kind of a nice uh, last sort of workout for you ahead of strolling gym. I, I told Michelle that I feel like doing relays like this are kind of like doing fast finish long runs on steroids. Um, and so, so yeah, hopefully it'll be something that'll pay some dividends when you go back to strolling gym. Excellent. Very good. Michelle, what's next for you? Um, you know, pass. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm registered for a big race in July, so we'll just, we'll see how it goes. It's 11 weeks out. Uh, I was, I mean, I purposely, I guess I, since I'm not the seasoned relay runner, I really needed like a down week this week, but mm -hmm. I, uh, I jumped right back in here in a day or two. So we'll see how the next few weeks go. Uh, awesome. And then maybe we can talk about it more. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I, I was, as I mentioned, I was a little bit underprepared coming into this. Um, and it's in part because I just didn't give myself enough time to recover after my big three race sequence in January and February. Um, and so I'm taking that time now. Um, and so I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a break here to try and mentally and physically reset before building for Berlin, um, which will start in a couple of weeks, which I'm excited about. So yeah, we'll do it together. So Allison's doing Berlin as well, which I'm excited about. We will have mm -hmm. to to have you back on later on this year, twice in a year on the Most Pleasant is Washington podcast. Allison, can you handle it? I don't know. <laughs> She's <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> it is. Awesome. Well, Justin, thanks again for bringing us all together. Uh, and of course, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. I, uh, I look forward to maybe I will uh, try and be back twice in the year as well uh, you are because you're, you're going to be the, doing the tour de france preview with me and justin smith here coming up in in a month or so so yeah absolutely looking forward to that and by that time you will have already completed the uh, chattanooga 70.3 so we're gonna have to hear how that went sure awesome awesome allison thanks for being here we'll talk more soon Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for always letting me be the big fan girl of the podcast. <laughs> Michelle, appreciate it as always. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good afternoon. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast, on Twitter at pleasant podcast, on Instagram at most pleasant exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Be sure to share us with your friends. We're brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com. Their Twitter is at itlcoaching, and their Facebook group is facebook.com slash itlcoachingandperformance. You can find them on Instagram at itlcoaching. We're also proud to be sponsored by Elemental Altitude, Atlanta's best and only altitude training facility. You can find them at ElementalAltitude.com, on Instagram at ElementalAltitude, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ElementalAltitude. 
Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram at bluepineappletravel. And finally, High Echelon. You can find High Echelon at highechelonsepa.com. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We'll see you next time.